Mucho gusto and welcome to another episode of Detective Writer. I'm your host Sally, aka Detective Writer, and today I am super, super excited to introduce all of you to an amazing new guest. She is quite amazing, and it's my pleasure to formally introduce all of you to podcast host Jamie Beebe. Jamie, thank you so much for being here. I'm so, super excited. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. And if you don't mind, I'd love to definitely get to know a little bit about your interest in true crime. Like what really got you into it? What was your motivation? Um, like what was like your really big starting point? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of been interested in true crime since I was like a kid. Wow. <laughs> I, remember, I remember a long time ago, I used to watch like the afternoon talk shows and I think it was like Oprah Winfrey or Sally Jesse Raphael or something. And they were talking about people who wrote to prisoners and I was just fascinated. I was still in high school and uh, and I found out where to go to find the addresses and I started writing to prisoners um, in wow. high school. My mom was very upset when she found out. Um, <laughs> I can imagine, I can hear that. <laughs> yeah, so that didn't last long, but um, I've always had an interest in it. And then, you know, I love podcasts and I, I mostly listen to, you know, the murder podcast and stuff like that and I knew I wanted to do a podcast but I had called my my co-host one day and I was like I really want to do a podcast but like every single podcast has every single murder like there's not enough murders for podcasts at this point you know I hear that yeah and he was like well you know no one's doing a podcast about stalking like you know you could do that and I actually didn't know anything about stalking. So I was like, I'm not going to do that. That's dumb, you know? And then I started researching it and I was like, whoa, there's this whole entire crime that I literally don't know anything about. And if I don't know much about it, then other people probably don't. Um, and, you know, need some awareness that people can get the help they need when they are stalked. And so that's kind of how it started. I love that and it's great that your podcast and with your content you're also bringing about awareness because I think stalking um personally I've never been really a victim of stalking but I can imagine like a lot of victims may feel like a lot of shame and it's probably not really always discussed because stalking I can imagine is terrifying and I can I can definitely give you kudos for that can I ask have you had like any cases that just like really like you just knew that you wanted to research more about any cases that really like really like impacted you so much yeah I mean so the format of the show is that we actually interview survivors of stalkers so we hear their story like one-on-one first person narrative um so it's kind of crazy to like you know get to know somebody and hear their whole story like that but one that i've always just been like wow you know was um there was this girl and she had just moved out of her parents house it was like her first year in college mm-hmm. um and she got an apartment by herself you know really exciting doing all the college things, going out, having fun. Yeah. And she didn't really realize it right away, but like things kind of started thing in her house. Um, like little things or like things were moved and she couldn't really remember. But you know, she's first year in college, she's stressed out from studying and partying and everything else. Yeah, and, and it turns out that there was a guy actually living in her attic. Um, and he had been up there, yeah, he had been up there for a while. He 
it was like a crawl space. He had a, an apartment at the other end of the building. And so he was able to crawl up through his attic and then go all the way across to her, like to her, it was above her um, bedroom closet. And then he would come down through her bedroom closet and eventually he just started staying up there more and more. And finally, you know, calling people like, hey, I think I'm going crazy. Like, I can't find any of my underwear. Like, things are weird in my house, you know? Yeah. Um, somebody, I think, like, there was something um, wrong with the lighting or something in her apartment. Yeah. And the landlord came in and happened to look up there and was like, hey, there's someone living up here. And they were like, there was like a rape kit, like things, you know, oh all these kinds of things. There were photos of her sleeping. And, you know, just, he was he was there when she was not there, when she was sleeping. It was, it was nuts. Yikes. And can I ask, like, what, how did it get resolved? I mean, did the guy obviously get, get go yeah. to prison? Like, what happened? He was arrested and I think he got deported because he was from Mexico. Oh, um, okay. But, I mean, you know, honestly, not much really happened to him. I'm not even sure he fully got deported. That's kind of, like, that's what she thought happened. But it's really hard to get that kind of information, even when you're the victim. Got it. Especially because, like, I think everybody's always entitled to confidentiality, basically. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Trying to change is, you know, if you are a victim of a crime, you should know where your perpetrator is at, you know? Yeah, (laughs) you should. stalking because they rarely stop stalking you they'll continue as soon as they get out of prison or or whatever it might be wow and i think i've actually this actually reminds me of a lifetime movie i think it was called stock that 17 or something like this girl yeah almost there's been a few movies made kind of similar for sure and i'm thinking to myself like how do you like i mean obviously nobody should ever go through stalking but i'm just thinking like what goes through someone's mind to think that this is ever okay to like literally put someone in a whole state of pure terror like it sort of um, makes me think about that a lot people stalk for different reasons i mean sometimes a lot of times it's you know uh, an ex or someone you know that you are currently dating or have dated mm-hmm. and you know sometimes it's a complete stranger maybe they have you know a mental illness or they just succumb to this um you know obsession that they have and and they can't you know stop them i mean that's also a form of mental illness but um yeah i mean it's kind of a bunch of different reasons but mental illness does play effects in a lot of them wow that's interesting and can i ask you personally like do you have like any has there ever been like an ever aspect like were you when you were first doing your podcast was there ever like a moment where you were kind of like scared to like ever interview guests and like god forbid a stalker ever come after you because i remember thinking when i was first talking about my podcast and talking about unsolved crimes that were occurring now part of me was like uh, i don't want to get like any like any negative feedback or god forbid someone not like what i'm saying like that hasn't happened to you has it well it has a little bit um i mean it's kind of inevitable because we are dealing with people who probably should be in jail and they're not so gotcha. we have um we've had people reach out um 
So on our show, we don't name the stalkers. We don't yeah. say the name. We don't, you know, unless there, there are a few cases where we have where the stalker is either dead or it's a very famous case and they've been thoroughly named in the papers. Okay. Um, so it's interesting when stalkers reach out to us and they're like, you were talking about me on episode whatever and I'm going to sue you. And I mean, they we never named them. They just outed themselves. They know they're stalking this person, you know? Yeah. Um, I've, always, I've always found that kind of interesting. And then, you know, one time some hackers or computer whatever, um, you know, they did, they put all my information online, me and my business partner, they put like so much information online. Um, like oh, even wow. my little brother's kids go to school and just kind of in an attempt to like I guess scare us um so we would stop you know doing the podcast but honestly the stalkers and not all stalkers but like what we determined was like kind of the best for us was was just to ignore it and see what happened you know and hopefully they'd go because if you don't give them any fuel they kind of you know it's not that fun for them Exactly. Um, depending on the type of stalker they are, you know, if you're just ignoring them and no contact, they're kind of they kind of give up. Um, I mean, we did do certain things like to be more careful about our online presence after that, but but otherwise, you know, I don't get scared about it at all. Um, I hear but that. I'm sure things could happen. <laughs> no, God forbid they don't. But I I honestly love that message that you just brought up. If you don't give the haters attention or the trolls, if you don't give the attention that they're seeking, most likely a lot of times they will leave you alone. I love that. And yeah, I, I love that message. And can I also ask you, um, I hope you don't mind. I, I actually was looking you up and I got to know your story a little bit. And I wanted to ask you personally, like, as well as well as your interest in your podcast about stalking, I was really interested to know about you being a bikini designer. Like, what really spread your interest about <laughs> that? Like, I'm just so curious. I'm truly so curious. No, for sure. I know it's a little different from having a stalking podcast. Um, no worries. It's your passion. It kind of comes all around, I swear. Um, I travel a lot. I love traveling. I, I travel every chance I get. I usually try to up a new country every month or so if I can. Every month? Um, oh, wow. At least a different country. Um, yeah, I actually just got back from Mexico. But, um, but yeah, so I, you know, and I love the tropical beach countries and, you know, vacations and whatnot. I'm always buying bikinis because, of course, I'm going to those places. And I realize I buy so many bikinis and only, you know, a half of them or a quarter of them really fit where I want to wear them, you know, more than once or twice. But I realized like what I really liked about the bikinis I liked, and then I was just gonna make myself a bikini. <laughs> but then it became a whole big thing, and I, you know, I found a designer in Paris, and she helped me with like the actual pattern and stuff like that because I have no idea how to do those things. And then I went down to Bali and got them made um, down there with a manufacturer there, but um, it was always kind of a dream of mine for some reason, just to have like this bikini company uh, in the back of my head. And so that was kind of, it just kind of happened one day and I was like, I'm gonna go for it. And and I did, and it's called, um, it's called the Boyfriend Bikini and each like style or color is named after a type of guy. But it's supposed to be kind of like more positive positive take on types of guys you know <laughs> I hear that um, I hear yeah I, I was in like a, a 
horrible relationship and so that's kind of where that came out of was because like my ex was always like oh you know you're dumb you can't do anything whatever and so when I was when I got away from him and I was like wow actually I'm great and I can do lots of things and so I was gonna call yeah so I was gonna call it like the ex-boyfriend and like totally I don't know like make you know haha I can make money and whatever um and my girlfriend was like you know why would you name your dream company after something that you hate you know (laughs) yeah but it you know, inspiration. you have to bring negativity in. So I changed it to the boyfriend bikini, and then um, part of the proceeds goes to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. I love that, and thank you so much for being open and sharing your story. And I'm so sorry that you had to go through a horrible relationship. I love the fact that you just brought your message. You know, you're doing your yeah. passion, and you're doing it with with the motivation and the drive because I'm I'm just love that because if, if you have the, such passion and, de- and dedication to do something the sky's the limit and go totally. you you're a freaking boss seriously <laughs> a freaking you. boss and can I ask um I'll I truly want to travel so many times what are the best places that you've ever traveled to? Because for me, I can only travel only once so ever because I work a full-time job. And before then, I would travel, but like, I don't necessarily have the free time. Like, what are the places that you love to travel? And Oh, gosh. Um, well, I usually travel solo. I travel by myself most of the time. Nice! Um, yeah, so I normally pick places that I would feel are, are safer I do a lot of research um, yeah of course. when I go just because you know not every place is okay necessarily for well I think every place is okay for a woman to travel alone but sometimes you just want to be not, cautious you know exactly um but anywhere in like southeast asia is really safe gorgeous people are awesome you know like Indonesia Thailand Cambodia um all those places are just awesome amazing um and i i do go to central and south america a lot which is is equally i think as safe you have to be aware of different things um as a woman i think but you know as long as you can kind of just stay aware and like you know don't drink a lot don't buy drugs you know you'll be safe but um but yeah most country like i like i said i just got back from mexico it was great um and you know i'm I'm, i know that there's lots of crime in mexico but i didn't see it you know yeah i think it's kind of all in how you travel um you know i i love guatemala it's one of my very uh antigua is one of my very favorite cities um and i i know i was actually at a party the other night and there was a girl and she was just like of Guatemala like every you'll get killed if you go there and I was like actually I felt safer there than I would in Los Angeles really I I can imagine because I'm from Ecuador and they told us all the time like when we went back this summer (laughs) that it was completely dangerous that we couldn't go here that we couldn't go there but I feel like it's one thing to hear it from like word of mouth but then when you actually go yeah. there and you do your research and you hear from relatives or even like local natives if you not necessarily don't have family there but you can just like you know you just be cautious and it's, there's no need to ever like feel like so 
always so petrified and I think that that's one of the things that I have to learn how to do especially being a true crime content creator sometimes I'll yeah. be like you hear these random cases and I'm like okay I'm not gonna do that I'm here to have fun not to be petrified out of my mind it's so true well you know it's interesting because I I love reading the comments like you know vacationer goes mi- missing in Mexico or whatever and all the comments are usually like, oh, well, of course they went to Mexico. Of course they went missing. They're probably dead. You know, the cartel got that, like, whatever it might be. And it's just, it's such propaganda. Like, it's not, it's so not like that. I mean, you know, living in in the United States, we have a false sense of security, I think. I agree. Um, Yeah, I mean, they're like, where I, I live in Los Angeles, and I mean, I wouldn't go to Hollywood Boulevard at night. traveled a whole bunch of places I just don't remember them but I still have pictures and I'm like see this is what I love and I live in New York City and I've been told because I apparently the Bronx is the poorest the poorest borough or anywhere is anywhere you can get mugged and I'm like well you know obviously I wouldn't recommend taking the subway like late late at night but you know because we have subways all the time but you know you you just gotta be cautious and I feel like I've only been to California literally I kid you not for one day and I took (laughs) Ubers all over the place and I'm thinking to myself California could definitely do with public transportation because I have public transportation everywhere here and I'm thinking why doesn't California public transportation it might make things safer (laughs) I don't know yeah we don't have much much transportation here in California publicly public transportation um but I mean, and, and California is safe. It's just you know, like you know, you have to know where. It's like anywhere, you know, where to go yeah. during the day or at night, or you know. But especially about Asia, Southeast Asia, like Thailand and Indonesia, is that women are treated um, so much differently there. Like I, people aren't staring at me on the streets or you know trying. I, I don't feel like I might get groped or you know, anything like that, the, the sexual harassment aspect of things is definitely missing um, throughout most of Asia, uh, from what I've experienced, um, which I think is, is really cool for me. I hear that. Because South America and Central America, you know, it's a different culture. So if you're walking down the street and someone cat calls you, you know, in South America, that's considered more of a compliment there where you know, you don't want to necessarily, like, it's best just to ignore it and keep walking, where, but that kind of stuff just doesn't happen like that in Asia and Southeast Asia. It's just, it's a whole different thing over there. The only thing I would worry, or I would watch out for over there is, like, 
you know, I wouldn't drink too much and I wouldn't yeah. buy any drugs. <laughs> yeah, of course. And can I also ask you, like, during your travels, have you had, like, have you encountered any guests to have on your show, like, who've been open and transparent with you to talk about maybe their experiences, whether, whether it comes to stalking or, like, any crimes in particular? Um, I haven't really met people like that for the show um, or in that way for the show. Mostly uh, people, you know, they write in. It's people don't, you know, want to talk much about being stalked, yeah, uh, which that. is understandable. It's kind of like it's a, for some reason it's been deemed kind of like a very shameful thing. Like you must have done something to this person to make them act like that too, which is complete, you know, bullshit. But gotcha. yeah, definitely, it's, kind of, it's very victim blaming and stuff like that. So it's really not something that people talk about a lot. When I am traveling and people ask, you know, what I do and we talk about the podcast, most people, if they don't have a story, they know somebody that's been stalked, which is, is kind of sad, you know, because yeah, so not. many people have been stalked. It is, and it's really interesting because I remember hearing like a lot of cases, and I, I had actually even considered like really to t- making a podcast about um, financial crimes because all the time I think it was from the t- the Tinder swindler something like that, and it was so interesting because I had even been scammed through not not a not a dating app but like a random guy trying to ask me to give him money, and I'm like, who are you? And trying to act. <laughs> trying to get me to give you money like I'm a like I'm a bank and it's so interesting to know that how many people are getting scammed like literally day and night and so many people like like stalking victims even like are are always meant to feel ashamed because it's like oh you chose to give this person this money they pretended to be your uncle your brother god knows who it is and it's like I was thinking about that, but I'm like, uh, I wasn't sure if people would really be open to talking about it, you know, like financial crimes, because whether it's robbering or scamming, like so many crimes are so common nowadays. And I think it's because, you know, we live in a time period of internet, which it's a double-edged sword. It can be used for good and bad, but I like to think that, you know, hopefully more of us use it for better, for the good more than the bad. Sure, and you know, on, for my podcast, what we've kind of done to combat combat like what people don't want to talk about is you can come on the podcast totally anonymously, um, and we do that also for safety because most people, if their stalker is not in prison, they're usually still st- being stalked by that person. Stalkers don't just stop; <laughs> they usually yeah. stop because they are dead or they're in prison or they've moved on to somebody else, but then the likelihood that they will come back to someone they've already stalked is pretty high. So um, a lot of people are anonymous when they come on the show, which makes it even weirder that they're anonymous. We don't say the stalker's name. Yeah, and they the still know. Up to us and tells us what episode we're talking about that they think is them, you know? <laughs> wow. And that's crazy. And I'm kind of curious. Do you, would you happen to know, like, if there's, like, more higher stocking ratings, like, versus, like, in the East Coast versus the West Coast? Because I've heard that apparently, like, there's more, there's more, like, um, increases of stocking crimes, like, out in California or, like, in Texas. Like, maybe out, like, in the West Coast. I'm not sure. Is that true? pretty sure um it's it's an interesting the statistics are kind of interesting because it's so underreported so so many people never report it um or if they do the police don't make a police report because 
if nothing has happened to you physically, if your stalker has not attacked you, the police sometimes just don't know what to do with it. Um, wow. And so, you know, they'll be like, oh, it's fine. It's just this guy that wants your attention. You know, they won't even make a police report. It's, it can be sometimes really hard even just to get a report. So it's really hard to say, like, what the statistics really are um, out there. Yeah. <laughs> this point but um I think maybe just due to like access um it's it's easier you know in the summertime and things like that to like follow people all around it's easier in warm weather you know you don't have road closures and things that you would have like maybe on the east coast I mean I'm not sure why it would be different um but or just less people are reporting it on the east or the west you know it's hard to say that's just so interesting it's so it's terrible like that people are so so many people especially like police are feeling like oh like unless the person has done something to you that we that they really can't do anything it's like well you're gonna wait for the you're gonna wait for something worse to happen it's like um, well and it's not really like the police it's not really their fault it's the way that they were trained you know it goes back to like the training of police officers and police officers learning you know what questions to ask to figure out what's really going on um you know which is what we're doing is just creating more awareness so people kind of know that i mean police officers are trained to come in after a crime has been committed and with stalking it's like the crime is just consistently currently being committed um or it hasn't quite been committed yet you know like they haven't attacked their victim yet they haven't killed their victim yet so it's hard for the police to sometimes I think know what to do in that situation because the laws really haven't caught up with it their training hasn't caught up with it um it's just like domestic violence you know police officers only get a couple hours of training in in domestic violence and you would think it's a pretty you know common thing domestic violence is very common you'd think that they would have more adequate training in it but they don't that's thank you so much for sharing that insight can I ask like would you have like happened to have any tips or any like good research or any kind of advice that you would have for anybody who may be who may be struggling with the situation whether it comes to stalking or maybe a potential stalker like whether they're traveling whether they're at home like do you have like any really good advice because I'm so curious as to how we can prevent stuff like this in the future sure I mean it's interesting because it is very hard to if not impossible to actually prevent because sometimes you don't even it's a stranger that maybe saw you in line at the bank and they just started following you and got obsessed or they saw you online um you know on your instagram and start following you that way um or it's it's an ex that you know it's the father of your child that started stalking you after you left him i mean it's really i don't want to say impossible to prevent um but it but there are things you can do and you know number one is just to log everything like keep a book write every single thing down every hang up phone call every um you know every time you see a car their car drive by every time you get something in the mail every time you see them you know every little thing every message they do every email and, and it sucks because it takes a lot of time from the victims to do all of this you know and it is a lot of work for them to do it um but once you kind of like log everything down that's what you know you want to take to the police 
months. Um, and then once you do that, you want to kind of be like that squeaky wheel. Like they, if one police officer isn't understanding or listening to you, you go to the next one and the next one and the next one until you find one that will listen to you. Um, and that's really because it can get, um, you know, really discouraging if the police officers aren't listening or they'll, you know, oh, well, we can't do anything. They can. You just have to find someone who knows what to do, what questions to ask and what they can do. Um, you know, and then you want to get a restraining order, number one. And, you know, a restraining, a restraining order is, is a piece of paper. It cannot stop someone, unfortunately. Um, but there are people that it will stop, but it won't stop everyone. Um, and But what it can do is, you know, every time they violate that restraining order, there's a better chance that they can go to jail or, you know, at least hopefully go to jail, just yeah, something. Yeah, of course. And yeah. That's definitely so true. And thank you so much for sharing that. Homicide or anything like that, you know, there definitely should be more awareness. And I feel like you're definitely doing so much more greater, greater good, especially because my gosh, the fact that you're researching it and you're teaching people how to stay safe and how to really like give tips because you know no one should ever have to go through anything like this. But you know, it's good to know that we're, we can come together and we can learn how to just show that you know you don't have to be a victim and how to take back your power, especially being a woman or just being a human. Like we know how to take our power back. Yeah, and it has a lot to do with that. You know, you know, if you were going to talk about, I guess trying to prevent stalking. Um, you know, one, one thing that we do talk about on the show a little bit is like if you're out there dating or something and you know, when you see those red flags with someone or you put up boundaries with someone and they, you know, just don't care or whatever, that's not good. You know, that means that it's only going to go downhill from there. Um, and there's nothing wrong with leaving someone because they don't respect your boundaries or you know, if you have a bad feeling in your gut or you see the red flags, like, leave right away. Exactly. Yeah, and, and that doesn't mean that they're not going to stalk you, but the sooner you can try to get out of a bad situation, the better. Um, you know, and I think a lot of times women will stay in a situation hoping things get better. They don't want to, you know, ruffle the feathers or make too much noise. And, you know, that's, I think, society has kind of taught women that for a long time. Um, but things are, are definitely starting to change. Definitely. And I feel like with more change comes with more responsibility, but it's also like you bring, you bring up such a great point. Like if something feels uncomfortable, whether it's with a person or you're at a place or you're just in a setting where you don't feel comfortable, always be sure to leave. You don't, you're not obligated to be or stay with anyone. And I feel like the more that we can bring about, like the more that we talk about these things, the more hopefully the less shame people would feel and maybe the less embarrassment and just knowing that, yes, this happened to me. Yes, I was a victim or maybe in some cases I am still a victim, but it doesn't make me less than it makes more powerful to share this story and to bring about more awareness so that other people don't really hopefully don't have to go through this and that's absolutely incredible yeah yeah I mean I I definitely agree with it if you don't feel right about a situation just leave no matter what that situation is you know I was at a party not that long ago and I was like eh, I don't want to be here anymore yes <laughs> yeah. I need to I'm learn. I'm an adult, you know. I, I could have just 
date, but I, I didn't really like the scene, and so I left, you know? Exactly. I love that and that's really great that you bring up because for me my relatives came back from Memorial Day and I love my relatives I love them to pieces but there are moments where like I get so tired because I work a nine-to-five so I'm just like if people want to go out anywhere I need about maybe two shots of coffee or maybe like a whole bunch of water because I kid you not I'm exhausted by the time it's like maybe 4 a.m. or maybe 5 a.m. I'm saying I am not going anywhere unless it's a bed and it's, and it's mine. <laughs> I'm trying to enjoy life, but I'm also not trying to crash and also sleep on the subway, which I tend to do a little bit. I don't recommend people do that, but sometimes you just get tired. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about sleeping on the subway, but... <laughs> have you been on the subway by any chance? I have. I have. I love New York. Uh, I love New York. I think the subways are great, but about sleeping on the subway. I'm like, how is it that we do this now? Yeah, see, that's what I would worry about. Like, I would report before and, like, set my alarm and still I'm, like, running to the... Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Trying to make it in time. I'm just... I don't wake up very easy, so I think that I would be like, oh, what's up in my eye? <laughs> I hear that because I feel like for me, there was a point where I was just like, I can't sleep on the subway. Am I crazy? But it's like... I don't know it's like I work eight hours so sometimes I just get so tired and I even though I'm not a big coffee drinker but I do drink coffee to stay up I'm still like I know this is dangerous you shouldn't do it but I will see like over 20 something people sleeping on that subway I'm like there's nothing happening if anything happens I know what to oh, do yeah. and I just gotta close my eyes Oh. I think as long as you're not like the only one or two people on the subway sleeping on it is safe in that respect. I just think I'd miss getting off on time. Don't worry if it helps you could I even I remember this trick on YouTube I saw that this that this girl she calculated what time she was gonna get so she said oh I'm only four stops away but I'm gonna take a little nap and she put like oh I'm gonna get like around 730 so she set an alarm to set it right at 728 so by the time it got to 730 she was already at her that's actually kind of brilliant <laughs> That is, that's pretty brilliant. I mean, that way it's great. How is that possible? And she doesn't, and I'm like, but the train could stop underground. And you're not going for the time on that. But she's like, I got it all covered on YouTube. I'm thinking. That's actually <laughs> kind of genius. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's always a way. Yes, there's always a way. And I think, I learned a lot of stuff now through TikTok and it's like subway hacks, do's and don'ts. And I'm like, well I've lived in this so I've lived in the city my whole life. Well let's see. Let, let's see what else you can learn. What else you can learn. Oh, I learned so much on TikTok about traveling and stuff for sure. Especially the travel hacks on how to mm-hmm. get things like how to make your suitcase less heavy and you don't have to pay so much money. I'm like, it's brilliant. I don't know how it works, but it works. <laughs> Awesome. I did uh, another meeting soon, so. But that was really great, and I really um, had a good time speaking with you. Me too. I'm so super excited and so honored that you answered my request to be a guest in my podcast. It definitely was. I like old friends chatting. It was great. I'm so grateful that you said that. And thank you so much, Jamie. It was an absolute pleasure. And for those of you who have been listening to this podcast up till now, I hope you all have a great day, afternoon, morning, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. Please stay tuned for next week. And until then, keep on food.